0: British historian Lord John Dahlberg Acton said in a letter to Bishop Cretan in the 1800s, Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Lord Acton, considered one of the most learned people of his age, spent years studying history, religion, and liberty. His observations led him to writing these words, which are often quoted by others when speaking about power particularly when wielding power over another person or persons. We've seen power struggles play out in real time, especially recently with the war between Russia and Ukraine. Power, defined as possession of control, authority, or influence over others, can be used for good, but it can also be used for evil. Fantasy novels such as Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter Television shows, movies, other books, they all tell the story of the battle between good and evil, power and weakness. And Joseph's story is not any different. From Genesis 39, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was a well-built and handsome man. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. This week we are continuing to follow Joseph's uncharted journey from favorite son to slave in Egypt. Joseph, whose story begins with him telling his brothers that they would bow down to him, finds himself in a bit of trouble. He is sold to Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's guard. Now, Potiphar noticed something about Joseph. He saw that the Lord was with Joseph and everything Joseph did was prosperous. This was great for Potiphar, so he put Joseph in charge of his whole household and all that he had. Joseph had the touch, and because of this, Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything, except the food that he ate, because let's be real, if he had everything else taken care of, you'd want to make sure you had all the good food too. Joseph seemed to have it made, even though he was a slave. Then Potiphar's wife took an interest in Joseph. She commanded him to lay with her. In her mind, she had every right to demand this of him. Sure, he was the overseer of all of her husband's stuff, but he was also a slave and she was the wife of Potiphar, and so she had power over him. When he told her no, she wouldn't take no for an answer. She continued to pursue him day after day until one day she finally found him alone and she grabbed his cloak, demanding that he lay with her, and he fled, leaving his cloak behind and angered that he would not do what she wanted. She claimed that Joseph had gone after her, and that he fled when she yelled. Potiphar was furious, and he has Joseph thrown in prison. Joseph, as a slave, has no way to defend himself. It's not like he can go to court and try to argue, and besides, it's his word, the word of a foreign slave, against hers, the wife of a powerful Egyptian officer. Very similar scenarios play out way too often in our society. The powerful want something and will sometimes stop at nothing to get what they want, often trampling on others in their pursuit. This story is not at its core about Joseph's morality and refusing to have an affair with his master's wife or Potiphar's wife's desire to have an affair with Joseph. It's actually about power dynamics and how there are times when we're on the losing end, even if we have done nothing wrong. Joseph, even though he had some power within Potiphar's household and enjoyed many privileges because of it, he fell victim to those with more power than him. He was physically overpowered by his brothers and sold into slavery. He was socially overpowered by Potiphar's wife, who, when her actions were rebuffed, lashed out in retaliation. Joseph was in a lose lose situation because no matter how the situation would have played out, he was lower ranking. He was of lower social status than she. He had less power overall, and her word against his would have prevailed. It doesn't seem fair, does it? When someone who has power wields it in a way that causes others to suffer unjustly, it makes me want to scream. I want to know what is it in someone that makes them think that it's their right to rule the world, whatever their world may be, just because they feel entitled to do so. In the corporate world, it looks like a boss who makes lives miserable because they can. In the church. And in other organizations, it can be those who think that they have the right to make all of the decisions based on their own preferences because they give more money. At school, it's bullies who hurt others because they're bigger or they're more popular. And then on the flip side, we have those who have been victims of abuse of power. Women who are blamed for their assaults and harassment. People who are slandered and ostracized because they stood up to those who are in power. Those who are unfairly targeted because of their race or ethnicity. Those who are refused jobs because of their sexual orientation. Those are just a few examples. And I'm quite positive that you can think of your own experiences with this. I know I can. Joseph just keeps getting the short end of the stick it seems. He was essentially a teenager who came across as boastful and arrogant to his siblings, honestly sounding like something that most teenagers do at some point in time. He was sold by those siblings and brought to a foreign land and then he's accused of trying to assault his master's wife even though he wasn't and he was thrown in prison because of it. Will he ever catch a break? Maybe you feel like that too, where everything bad is happening to you and you can never catch a break. You know, though, there's something special about this particular part of Joseph's story. It's in this chapter of Genesis where God is referenced eight times, more than any other time in Joseph's story, which encompasses multiple chapters in Genesis. The author of Genesis says that the Lord is with Joseph both at the beginning of the chapter and at the end, when Joseph first enters slavery and when he's thrown into prison. Despite Joseph being placed in this spot of being powerless, the Lord was with him. God helped Joseph make the best of these situations. God was walking with Joseph in all of these situations. Martin Luther taught us that the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, is the manger that holds the Christ child. The whole biblical narrative points to Christ and the good news, the gospel message of God's mercy, compassion, forgiveness, and love for humanity. And this is especially true in the story of Joseph, a teenager who maybe acted a little too full of himself, And he got thrown into this place that he didn't ask for, and he didn't want to be. This uncharted journey. Joseph, who was powerless to stop the accusations from Potiphar's wife and defend himself, who was cast away into prison, still had God with him every step of the way. His story was not over. For all of us who have experienced this feeling of powerlessness, of being mistreated by those who are in power. Our story is not finished either. God is still with us, still walking with us, even when times are hard, even when it seems like we won't ever catch a break, even when the powers that be try to keep us down. This is the good news of Christ. Our stories are not over. God walks with us always as our help comes from God. And in the end, God wins. Good triumphs over evil. Thanks be to God for this. Amen. This next week I encourage you to take a deeper look by journaling about and meditating on or talking about these questions either by yourself or with another person or small group. First, when have you found yourself in the midst of a power struggle? And second, what do you do when you're when you find yourself in a situation when you know that you've been wronged but you're powerless to stop it from happening?